Welcome to the next episode in the Van Life Culture Series. Started the car and we were on our way down a path that's led us to the present day now. Time's gone by so very fast. You know, I had another go at recording this episode before lunch and I had a little bit of trouble finding my voice, which is, I'm sure, a problem many of Van Life channel goes through. And the successful ones, the ones that really do find their voice, are the channels that make it big. Met some friends, they came along. We found a place where we belong now. We We wish these times would forever last. Today I want to look at the, uh, the Beats generation. And this is a generation that found a voice for a whole generation of people in the 1960s. But it began with the Beats. And the Beats was a name invented by Jack Kerouac, who was the author of On the Road, part of American folklore now, this novel. And I'll do my best to recount the story of his life here a little bit. a founder of the Beach Generation. Also, the first writer to really get some notoriety and fame, really, celebrity as a writer. He was the first to appear on television chat shows, which were new at the time. Well, he's from Lowell. He was a French-Canadian Catholic boy. He got a football scholarship. He went to Columbia University, somewhere there. He went to a university. He fell in love with jazz and he loved the freedom and the style of jazz. Found his voice in jazz. He loved these qualities would eventually end up in his book On the Road. Talk about On the Road shortly. But I wanted to look a little bit more about where Caro got his inspiration for his voice. As a small town boy moving to the city, he really started to appreciate the voice of the ordinary people, the, the hobos, the hipsters. He loved how authentic and free of airs this sound was and this was his inspiration later to set out on the road to find these voices voices of people in pubs and byways which he saw as an uncorrupted voice uncorrupted by the airs the graces the institutions uncorrupted by the consumer's culture for him it was a little bit we assume a little bit of a spiritual quest he wasn't interested in the manicured carefully crafted pr statements we see issued by political parties and, you know, people today very crafted. Everybody has a PR agent. Everybody very carefully manicures their brand. He was on a sort of a spiritual quest to see what was authentic and real. He first and foremost considered himself an artist, a writer. And Karavec was also the person that first phrase. You know, we, we hear of the beatniks, the beatnik writers of New York. He didn't like that term. He sort of, in an interview, sort of seeing saying beats, beats, beatnik, sputnik and uh, sort of how the media was turning it into a derogatory term. How he first phrased it was he was referring to the beat, the beaten down hipsters of New York, the hobos. By now you're probably seeing how this ties back to the transcendentalists that we talked about in our previous episode because I think he did carry a certain fondness for the transcendentalists, especially Thoreau, who is one of the only writers he refers to you know, as one of the greats. And I think there is a lot of crossover with the Beats. Beats were generally looking for adventure, looking for a more sentient way of life, in touch with nature and themselves, like our van lifers. You know, in today's digital world, we're very much tied up in schedules and very digital ways of living. We have timetable and Google will send us 
alarms and remind us when to check our email and what we're meant to doing with this special allocated uh, little bit of time. And it all seems like it's optimized to serve the corporate interests, the man, and seems a little bit like we're getting controlled. Whereas for Kuravik, it was the beaten down hipsters were almost the polar offices. These people live sentient lives. They were honest. They were forthright. They really didn't have anything else to lose. This is a Wikipedia explanation of the transcendentalist movement. Transcendentalism is the inherent goodness of people and nature. Adherents of that society and institutions have corrupted the purity of the individual and they have faith in people are at their best when truly self-reliant and independent. Transcendentalism emphasizes subjective intuition over objective empiricism. Adherents believe that individuals are capable of generating completely original insights with little attention and deference to past masters. And what you can see there is a little bit of romanticism in this. There's a little bit of harking back to a time of less technology, of less capitalism. I don't really think Karavik sees himself as on this sort of quest. In fact, in one of the only interviews recorded of him, he sort of set up with this uh, hip, hippie poet and he kind of sort of like almost attacks the hippie poet. The hippie poet sort of claiming, you are my father, you're the father of this generation. And he, he basically dismisses this as like a load of nonsense because this is the Maoist interest creeping in. You know, he's not into communism. He's quite critical of this as well. Inevitably, he's an artist. He's not interested in these big structures. For him, it's probably, probably sees this ideology as another corrupting influence. And he takes to the road. And certainly Emerson and the early transcendentalists were not completely against technology. And certainly the second wave of transcendentalists embraced technology. Then I think I'm certainly starting to freestyle a bit here. But seeing as we are also talking about Jack Karavik, freestyling is certainly a part of jazz as well. It's, you know, it's very improvised. It's free-spirited, as is a road trip, as was Jack Karavik's road trip with this, this uh, geezer, Cassidy, who was quite different to him. He was, like, he was a little bit of a womanizer. He had this swagger. He was from the West. He was like a cowboy. Then they set off on this sex, drugs, rock and roll, spiritualism, uh, road trip across the US and they really I think it really was more the spiritual quest to hear these voices because above anything else Karavik loved his writing it's probably why he never really settled down really never could settle down he had a deep case of wanderlust like the van life is of today and I guess he also had a, a bit of a case of cynicism about the institutions and society you know this is obviously very evident to today's society as well when we think of the Brexiters, when we think of the Trumpsters, people who support them, they're basically, are they not rebelling against the PR machine, the sameness of politics? And we've talked in previous episodes how this culture of celebrity and the youth culture and the, you know, started with the beatniks and the hipsters, how it became part of identity branding and consumerism. And we've talked about this in previous episodes. We talked about the VW advertisements and how you know they sort of took these ideas of youth culture and sort of reflected them back to us. And it came to overtake Silicon Valley and Apple was there right at the start as well, like saying how we're going to democratize. Let's hear from the real people. Let's hear the authentic voice. Now it's be, sort of become a race to see who can find the most authentic voice. And, you know, that's the time we're living in. What it does share with the romantic is the aesthetic, the artistic look, the vibe of it. You know, we see on Instagram, there's the beautiful pictures, the artistic look, the high use of social media, 
I'm also going to put up a few videos. There's a great documentary that Russell Brand made. Then I'll put that on the website. I'll put a few interviews with Caravac. I'll post a link to these. You can see them on my blog. But um, yeah, leave some comments there. Tell us what aspects of van life you'd like us to investigate next. Get really interactive with this. In the future, we want to look at the future. Then I think eventually this series is going to somehow meld into a futurist series. In the episodes on carpool karaoke, I think what I'd like to do with this series is have a futurist series where it's people talk as futurist, but it's not like Mark Zuckerberg types or Elon Musk types, how we always seem to look at these geezers who are really big monopolists anyway. They're totally institutionalized. We want to look at it from the van life, on the road stories, futurist. What's your vision for the future? Then if you know someone like that, We'd really like to hear from them and interview them, stories like that, and simply ask them about the future. Maybe I'll get a list of questions and put it up on my blog, and we could have different visions of the future from people on the road. Then I'd love that. Yeah, let's do that. Then if you get hold of this, share it. Share it with any van life people you know. Share it on van life channels, and we'll get this great collection of stories from the road with ordinary people and their visions from the future because pretty well I'm over you know Mr. Amazon wanting to send people to the moon and yet because there's nothing left to do here on earth meanwhile people are passing out in his factory you know from underpay and poor conditions and yet there's nothing we can do here on earth like we want to hear from those people that are suffering in the factory what's their vision of the future I'm sick of hearing from the tech gurus I want to hear some real stories record them get them in put them in contact with us we want to promote carpool futures. Carpool karaoke, carpool futures. We want to hear from you. We will always remember this song. We've traveled this road together. A journey that's lasted a dozen years. And though we may be leaving each other, it doesn't mean we can't look back in the A new highway begins and the old one ends But as our road trip carries on We will always remember this song We've traveled this road together A journey that's lasted a dozen years And though we may be leaving each other
in the mirror